السلام عليكم ورحمة الله تعالى وبركاته إن الحمد لله إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن سيدنا محمدًا عبده ورسوله يقول الله جل وعلا في كتابه الكريم يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم أعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما أما بعد فإن أصدق الحديث كتاب الله 
wa khairal hadi hadi sayyidina Muhammadin sallallahu alaihi wa alihi wa sallam wa sharral umuri muhdatsatuha wa kullu muhdatsatin bid'a wa kullu bid'atin dalalah wa kullu dalalatin fin nar a'adhunallahu wa iyyakum minha ajma'in amma ba'd dear brothers and sisters we continue to swim in the stream of Surah Al-Hujurat, the 49th chapter of the Qur'an that we've been exploring over the past couple of weeks. And we've mentioned that the first theme in this chapter concerns our etiquette, our decorum, our propriety and manners that we have towards the center of our community's gravity, the axis of this ummah, meaning the person of the Prophet We then spoke about the second theme last week, the second theme of this chapter being the importance of verifying information that comes to us and not spreading rumors that can be harmful to others. And today, inshallah, we speak about the third theme of this beautiful chapter, and that is the theme of making peace between believers when they differ and fight amongst themselves. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in this chapter, وَإِن طَائِفَتَانِ مِنَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ قَتَتَلُوا فَأَصْلِحُوا بَيْنَهُمَا فَإِنْ بَغَتْ إِحْدَاهُمَا عَلَى الْأُخْرَى فَقَاتِلُوا الَّتِي تَبَغِي حَتَّى تَفِيءَ إِلَى أَمْرِ اللَّهِ فَإِنْ فَاءَتْ فَأَصْلِحُوا بَيْنَهُمَا بِالْعَدْلِ وَأَقْصِطُوا إِنَّ اللَّهَ يُحِبُّ الْمُقْسِطِينَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in this verse using the conditional article of in, if, saying if two parties among the believers, fall into fighting between themselves, make peace between them, rectify what is between them. And if one of them aggresses against the other, after that, fight those who aggress until they return to Allah's command. And if they return, make peace between them with justice and act equitably. Indeed, Allah loves the just. Dear brothers and sisters, this verse, like the previous verses we have been discussing in this series, also has certain incidents behind it. Incidents that were occurring in the time of the Prophet ﷺ that were the circumstances behind the revelation of these verses. But the instructions apply to all times. There is one narration that mentions the story behind this verse. It is narrated that the Prophet ﷺ received an invitation from Abdullah ibn Ubay ibn Salul, who, as you all know, was the chief, the leader of the Munafiqun, the hypocrites. He was their leader but he has not yet been exposed as a munafiq. So in this story, he invites the Prophet ﷺ to his tribal area. 
And the Prophet ﷺ honors the invitation and accepts it. So he sets out and he's riding on a donkey while some of the Sahaba are walking along with him as he's riding the donkey. As they rode out to this area in Medina where Abdullah ibn Ubay and his people were, this wretched man, Abdullah ibn Ubay, said to the Prophet ﷺ that he should keep his distance from him because the smell of the donkey was quite strong. This is very offensive. Very disrespectful. And the Sahaba who heard this were enraged. And that one of the companions who was on foot going with the Prophet ﷺ got very angry and remarked to Abdullah ibn Ubay, the smell of the donkey on which the Prophet rides smells better than you. That's what he said. And the issue is that this man has not yet been exposed fully. And his tribesmen heard this and got angry at the personal attack. So they began to raise their voices. And the Muslims riding with the Prophet ﷺ began to raise their voices. And very soon fighting broke out between these two groups. And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed this verse. The Prophet ﷺ intervened and made peace between them. And then Allah Ta'ala revealed this verse, giving us guidance for how we are to deal with conflicts amongst ourselves and in our communities. Mujahid, the student of Ibn Abbas said that this verse was revealed about the Aws and the Khazraj, the two main tribes of Medina. They had a scuffle and they exchanged blows between them until the Prophet ﷺ intervened. Now in the previous verse that we explored last week, dear brothers and sisters, we looked at how Allah Ta'ala says, if a corrupt person comes to you with news, you must verify it, lest you harm people unwittingly, and you come to regret what you have done. If you act on rumors, you may hurt people unwittingly. If you run with information without verifying it, you might cause a conflict. And then you have a conflict, now you have a fight between two different groups. If that fighting occurs between two different groups, what are we to do? If there are families or friends or associates who begin to fight amongst each other, what are we to do? Allah Ta'ala gives us that instruction in this chapter when He says, وَإِن طَائِفَتَانِ مِنَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ اِقْتَتَلُوا فَأَصْلِحُوا بَيْنَهُمَا If two parties from the believers begin to fight, you have to make peace between them. This orders us, dear brothers and sisters, to be active peacemakers. To be active peacemakers and to work among people to reduce conflict. Even if one side is wronger than the other side, the fighting is still a negative and it has to be put out. Justice has to be established against the guilty party, but the conflict should be reduced. Now on a larger scale, as we reflect on this verse, it's emphasizing the value of islah, of rectifying, of making peace and creating reconciliation among believers. One of the greatest things that you and I can do 
even greater than voluntary prayer and fasting is al-islah that al-bayn. Islah that al-bayn, making peace between people that are fighting with each other. There are several passages in the Quran, dear brothers and sisters, where Allah Ta'ala emphasizes this. For instance, in Surah Al-Anfal, Allah Ta'ala says, فَاتَّقُوا اللَّهَ وَأَصْلِحُوا ذَاتَ بَيْنِكُمْ So have taqwa of Allah, mindfulness of Allah, fear of Allah, and amend what is between you. Don't leave it to fester. Don't leave it to rot. Fix it before it becomes worse over time. أَصْلِحُوا ذَاتَ بَيْنِكُمْ If something is damaged, do you leave it damaged? Or do you try to fix it as soon as you can? If you have something that is damaged, what is the best course of action? To leave it damaged so it gets worse over time? Or to fix it as soon as possible before the cracks get larger? Before it festers and gets worse over time? That's what Allah instructs us to do, dear brothers and sisters. To fix the problems. The Messenger of Allah wasallam also encouraged this. He says, alayhi salatu wasalam, that sadaqah, charity, is due on every joint of a person on every day the sun rises. Meaning every day. And then he mentions a number of things that are considered sadaqah beyond giving money. What is the very first thing he says in this list? He says, administering justice between two people is a sadaqah. Creating justice between two people, making things right between two people is sadaqah. Assisting a person on their ride is sadaqah. Helping them carry their load is sadaqah. A good word is sadaqah. Every step you take towards a salat is sadaqah. Removing harmful objects from the path is a sadaqah. But what's at the top of the list? The top of the list is making peace between people. Establishing justice between people and minimizing conflict. So reconciling between people who are fighting is from Shu'abul Iman, it's from the branches of Iman, and it is a means by which grudges are quashed, are squashed, are eliminated, are removed. It's a means by which the hearts become purified and cleansed. It's the means by which the flames of fitna are extinguished. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about this quality. He mentions, La khayra, there is no good. La khayra, fi kathiri min najawahum, illa man amara bi sadaqatin, aw ma'roofin, aw islahin bayna nas, wa man yaf'al thalika batigha'a maradatillah, fasawfa nu'tihi ajran azima. Allah ta'ala says, there is no good. In much of their najwa, their private secret discourse. There is not much good in their private conversation. Except for those who enjoin what is good to charity. Who enjoin what is right. And who make peace between people who are in conflict. Islah, making peace between people. And whoever does that, Allah says, seeking the pleasure of Allah we shall give them a tremendous reward. Making peace between people when they're arguing and fighting is better, we said, than voluntary prayer and voluntary fasting. 
The Prophet said to the Sahaba, should I not tell you something that is better in daraja, better in degree than voluntary prayer, voluntary fasting, and even voluntary charity? They said, please do, Ya Rasulullah, let us know, tell us. And he says, reconciling between people, reconciling between people, making peace between them. Why? He said, because grudges and disputes, conflicts, he says, are the haliq, the haliq, which literally means the shaver. And what he means, as he explained, is that it shaves off one's deen, meaning it removes their own tadayyun, their own religious uprightness. It corrupts them. It makes them more prone to wrongdoing and oppressing other people. That's why it is such a great reward to minimize conflicts in community. Dear brothers and sisters, this islah that we're speaking about is so virtuous that we are also allowed to tell what some may call small white lies when the intention is to reconcile quarreling people. The Prophet Sallallahu says, the one who is reconciling between people is not considered a liar if he exaggerates what is good or says what is good. So what that means is if you are making peace between two people or two groups and you mention to party A what party B has said about them that's good, you can overemphasize that a little bit for the purpose of softening their hearts, and vice versa. We have to realize, dear brothers and sisters, that we're all human beings, and that disputes will emerge among us, because we're weak, and we're prone to misunderstandings. We all have egos. We all have competing interests, and sometimes these things happen. It is very rare for a person to be safe from disagreeing with others. And that disagreement can erupt into an argument. And that argument can erupt into a fight. And that fight can erupt into a long-standing, long-lasting conflict that goes on for years. And that might be between you and your brother, you and your relatives. It may even be you and your spouse or those who you used to consider good friends. So we have to be aware of this human reality and rid ourselves of this by reconciliation, by taking the higher road of making peace, of shaking hands, of forgiving and establishing brotherhood so that things become better with Allah's permission. The Prophet has informed us that these matters have to be settled the disputes that we have with one another, the arguments between family groups, between people who have a relationship with each other, bad blood, all of these things will have to be settled one way or the other. That is the reality. If you are in a dispute with someone or a group, you have to understand that that dispute will have to be settled one way or another. It's either going to be settled here in this world, by you and the other person or group, 
or it will be settled on the day of judgment. It is up to us to decide which place is going to happen. And if you settle disputes now, if you swallow your pride and take the higher road for the sake of establishing peace while also getting justice, you are minimizing your conflicts on the day of judgment. Now imagine you have a choice to settle conflicts, establish justice now, or wait for the day of judgment. If you have a chance to enter Jannah 1,000 years earlier, wouldn't you choose it? We would all choose that. But the person who says so flippantly, that's okay, I'll see you on the day of judgment. How often do you hear that? Someone says out of anger, well, we'll see each other on the day of judgment. That should be a very frightening prospect. Because the longer you stand on the judgment planes dealing with conflicts between this one and that one, disagreements in this life that extended to the next, that's the longer you're standing on the day of judgment and the longer it takes for you to enter the gates of Jannah. So settling it now is a way of shortening the standing and experiences we have on the day of judgment before ta'ala we enter the gates of paradise. This is an important realization to make. It's easier and better to settle these things now if we can, than to wait for the day of judgment. And we should not be so flippant as some people do when they say, I'll see you on the day of judgment, or I'll take it on the day of judgment. Of course, that is the reality for some cases. But that's not something we should actively want if we can establish justice and make peace here and now in this lower world. Dear brothers and sisters, the Prophet ﷺ told us, that on every Monday and on every Thursday, the gates of Jannah are opened. And anyone who does not worship anything along with Allah Ta'ala on those days will be granted pardon, divine pardon. He says, except for the person in whose heart there is rancor against his brother or sister. That's the only person who's not receiving the pardon. That Muslim, that mu'min, does not receive the pardon on Mondays and Thursdays when the doors of Jannah are opened. It will be said, delay them both until they reconcile. He said it three times. Delay them both until they reconcile. Delay them both until they reconcile. So when we hold grudges, we're actually cutting ourselves off from receiving that divine pardon on Mondays and Thursdays. So dear brothers and sisters, we should reflect on our own cases. Do you have grudges? Do you have family disputes? Do you have bad blood between you and others? Broken friendships? You have to try to be that person who takes the initiative to reconcile and not let the whispering of shaitan overcome you. So this means trying to make peace for the sake of Allah not just for the sake of saving face or acquiring something. It also means making peace based on justice, not making peace just for the sake of quietening everyone and getting people to move on without justice actually being established. Allah mentions justice in this verse. Rights have to be acknowledged. Wrongs have to be righted in order for it to be true reconciliation. Likewise, if we find ourselves in family disputes 
or disputes with others among the believers and the there's competing claims on both sides and it's very complicated, it's preferable that you consult with wise and experienced scholars who can help study the issue from all sides and listen to both parties and adjudicate. This is very important. And lastly, if you have bad blood with people, consider how happy you will make the Prophet ﷺ on the Day of Judgment the fact that you made peace and reconciled in this life. We ask Allah to make us people of Islah, people who rectify, people who make peace, people who establish justice in our ranks, within ourselves, our families, our communities, and within the Ummah. Ameen. Walhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Allahumma salli wa sallam wa barik wa Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen wa afdul salati wa atamu taslimi ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man istanna bi sunnatihi ila yumaddin wa ba'd. Dear brothers and sisters, in the first khutbah we spoke about the importance of making peace and the importance of reconciliation. But there are some points that are worthy of more reflection. The verse in the Qur'an that tells us to make peace addresses us by saying وَإِن طَائِفَتَانِ مِنَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ قَتَتَلُوا فَأَصْلِحُوا بَيْنَهُمَا If two parties from the believers fall into fighting then make peace between them. You'll notice that in the Arabic Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in and this is the conditional in which means if it's not saying when believers fight, it's saying if. And the ulama have indicated that in is mentioned for something that is usually rare, a rare occurrence. So a person may hear this verse and understand that this should be a rare occurrence that believers are fighting amongst each other. And then they may ask, if it's supposed to be a rare occurrence, why does it happen so much? If it's supposed to be a rare occurrence that believers fight amongst each other, why does it happen so much? Why has it happened across the centuries in Islamic history? And the answer is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is indicating that this should not be a common occurrence. And this is contrary to what Allah expects of us. So if it is frequent, it's contrary to what Allah expects of us. He expects us not to be perfect not to be 100% conflict-free, but he expects that it should be a rare occurrence. So if it's happening frequently, we are the ones going against the guidance of Allah Ta'ala. In the same verse, Allah tells us to make peace between the two parties. And if one party resists, then the party that agrees to peace should go with the reconciling party and cause the other group to submit and to give up the conflict. فَإِنْ بَغَتْ إِحْدَاهُمَا عَلَى الْأُخْرَى Allah uses in here as well, which means that when peace is trying to be reached, it should be a rare occurrence that one or both sides resist that attempt to make peace. So infighting between believers should be an extremely rare occurrence. But it's not, sadly. 
and one side continuing to aggress against the other side after peace has been attempted should be a rare occurrence. But sadly, it is not. So when we consider this verse and how it applies to us in this day and in this land, we should understand that all of us are going to be one of five possible people. With respect to this ayah, we're all going to be one of five possible people. We're either going to be in fighting party A, or we're going to be in fighting party B. So group, a, group one and two are fighting with each other. There's some kind of dispute. The third group is the group that tries to make peace, that, that tries to establish reconciliation and justice between group A and group B. That's the third. The fourth group are those who see the conflict going on between group A and group B, but they don't feel they have the tools to help create reconciliation. They don't feel they know enough about the situation to help make peace. And they fear that they can't do anything and they don't want to get involved in the fitna. So they decide to stay out of it. They avoid the fitna by staying out of it. That's the fourth group. And the fifth group are those who are not in group A or group B fighting each other, but they are instigating either group A or group B, or instigating both just to watch as a spectator, like people watch fights that people film on their phones. Only five groups. So if you're in a conflict with others, whether you think you're 100% right or partially right, whether you're group A or group B, your duty is to seek the judgment of Allah Ta'ala through lawful means to squash the fitna and to listen to those who try to make peace between you and the other group. If you are the peacemaker, the muslih, Allah tells you already what to do. Which means make peace between them. Use the best means at your disposal to put out the flames of fitna. Give sincere advice to both sides. Remind them both that they are Muslims and mu'mins. They are Muslims and mu'mins. And Islam comes from salam and mu'min comes from aman. So safety, well-being and wholesomeness. Remind them of their duty towards their fellow believer. And if there are misgivings or doubts with group A or group B fighting each other, you have to remove them. If there are complaints, you have to investigate them and you have to give each side their right. If one side is right and one side is wrong, well, you have to clarify the truth and you have to urge each, each side to do what is right. But if you're not making peace between people who are fighting, maybe you're staying out of it because you don't want to get involved in the fitna. And that is a, a fair decision to make in many cases. But understand that we still need peacemakers. We still need people who, who help with reconciliation. There are often many different people between families and groups that are disputing with each other. And we either don't know enough about what's going on or what caused it. So we decide that we're going to stay out. Why are we going to take sides in something that we don't know much about? That is a sound decision to make in times of fitna. But I caution all of you and myself, dear brothers and sisters, that hands-off approach to conflict 
of letting people be at odds and each other's throats, staying out of the fitna, that cannot be the default position that every single person takes. That cannot be the default position. The great Imam al-Tabari, rahimahullah, mentions in his tafsir, cautioning against this approach. He says, if during each dispute arising between two groups, it was necessary to steer clear of the matter and seclude ourselves, then no had would be carried out and neither would any falsehood be stamped out. Meaning if we all took a position of withdrawing and not stepping in, then fitna would rage everywhere because no one would come and make peace. So that cannot be the default position. Staying out of it can't be a universal response. There has to be people who will step in and put out the flames of fitna. But no matter where we are or who we are, we cannot be from group five. Group five are those instigators. They're not directly involved in conflict, but they're egging it on. They're instigating. They're spectators. They are like a shaitan who stirs the pot of fitna, but says they're not getting involved. That is not an option, dear brothers and sisters. In conclusion, after mentioning what to do if two groups are fighting amongst each other and peace is attempted and they calm down, Allah says, فَإِن فَاءَتْ فَأَصْلِحُوا بَيْنَهُمَا بِالْعَدْلِ وَأَقْسِطُوا إِنَّ اللَّهَ يُحِبُّ الْمُقْسِطِينَ He says, if they return to normalcy, make peace between them with justice and equity, verily Allah loves the just. So we are instructed by Allah in this verse to make peace between conflicting parties. But that doesn't mean that we get to say that both sides must calm down without establishing justice. Justice has to be established because when two groups are fighting, there's a strong chance that either one side is mostly wrong or both sides were equally wrong or there's some amount of wrong shared between the two groups. Usually both sides in a conflict have some right and some wrong. It could be 80-20 or 60-40 or 70-30 or even 90-10 for that matter, when we look at the percentage of who was right and who was wrong, it takes two to tango, as we say. But we don't make peace among conflicting parties by silencing those who are wrong and denying them justice in the name of avoiding fitna. You don't make peace between people by telling the mazlum, the wrong person, be quiet and make peace and get on with your life. That's not how it happens. That's not how it happens. We have to be just. That itself is a kind of fitna. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala concludes this instruction by saying, He says, the believers are not but brothers. So make peace between your brothers and have taqwa of Allah so that perhaps you will receive divine mercy. So we all have a role to play. We all have a duty to uphold. If you're in a dispute with someone, you have to seek the judgment of Allah and be willing to submit to it, for or against you. Your anger does not justify transgressing the limit set by Allah. You also have a duty 
to minimize conflict and seek redress and submit to Allah's judgment. If you're witnessing conflict between others, you have to make peace as best as you can, or at least seek those who are equipped to make peace between conflicting parties. If it's too complicated and you don't want to get dragged in, don't feel forced to take sides, but you can't make your position the universal prescription. There has to be peacemakers in our community. One of the big problems we have in our communities is that we are very often conflict avoidant to the point of ignoring problems until they become too big. People are too avoidant of conflict even when they should be putting out the fires of fitna, commanding the good and forbidding the evil. People who think that speaking out and making peace and establishing justice is causing controversy or fitna. That's not fitna. Fitna is allowing things to boil to the surface without dealing with them in the beginning. Letting that crack become larger and larger over time where Allah says, فَأَصْلِحُوا Make peace, rectify, don't let it fester. So Allah concludes this verse by reminding us that we are brothers. And that's why we should care about this. We care about it because we are brothers and sisters in Iman. Allah has joined us under the banner of La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah. And because of that honor, we have a duty to maintain peace and establish justice in our communities. That is the only way to have a healthy society, a healthy community, and a healthy ummah. So we ask Allah to make us people of Islah, to make us people who do not shy from establishing justice and establishing peace among people in conflict within our communities and within our families and within ourselves. Rabbana atina fi dunya hasana wa fil akhirati hasana wa qina adab al-nar. Allahumma aslih ahwalana wa ahwal al-muslimin. اللهم اجعلنا من المصلحين الذين يصلحون ما بين الناس من الشقاق والعداوة ولا تجعلنا يا مولانا من المفسدين اللهم إنا نعوذ بك من مضلات الفتن ما ظهر منها وما بطن اللهم اجعلنا من المصلحين اللهم أصلح ما بيننا وبينك وأصلح ما بيننا وبين خلقك يا رحم الراحمين يا رب العالمين وصل اللهم وسلم وبارك على سيرنا محمد المبعوث رحمة للعالمين سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين